Welcome, hello, this is Apostolic Truth Today, and my name is Derek, the host of the show. And for those that don't know, this is a podcast. for tuning in once again to this podcast episode. I definitely wanted to say once again that I do appreciate every single person that is listening and tuning in at this moment. You do not go unnoticed. You are not just a number. I appreciate every single one of you guys, whether you be out um, doing the lawn, uh, mowing the lawn, whether you be biking, working out, listening and tuning in, or if you're just bored and you have nothing else to do, you know, just uh, tuning in at this point and place in time. I do thank you. Um, so hopefully you guys had an awesome weekend. You know, being Monday, it's the, it's the beginning of a new week. You know, so let's, uh, let's start it strong and let's talk about some good, some good truths here. Um, the main thing I wanted to talk about today was the two pieces of the armor of God. I'm only going to go over two today. We're going to briefly talk about all of them, but I'm specifically only going to dive into two of them, and that is the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. Okay, um, so before we get into that, I just wanted to take the time to, to thank the Lord for giving us this podcast. God, I thank you for, for blessing this podcast. I thank you, Lord, for being in the midst of this podcast. I thank you, Lord, for uh, giving me inspiration as to where to teach within this podcast. God, I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory. It is all yours. In Jesus' name. So when we look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 18, okay, and it reads, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand." So stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith with you, be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, and it is the word of God, which is the word of God." praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. In the book of Ephesians, you know, it, within this context, Paul addresses and is speaking to the church in, in, in the saints in the city of Ephesus, capital of the Roman province of Asia, through the letter. The letter was written from prison by Paul in Rome. Some scholars believe sometime between A.D. 60 through 62 and is therefore often referred to as the prison epistle, along with Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. An epistle means a, a, written, a written word. 
The first three chapters are theological, emphasizing New Testament doctrine, whereas the last three chapters are practical and focus on Christian behavior because we are given such a great blessing through Jesus Christ having truth and redemption. And there's nothing more the enemy being the devil would love to do than to tempt us into into complacency, self-satisfaction, and false teaching. With that, Paul shows believers that they can put on the full armor of God to help stand against the enemy. Okay, when we read that, it tells us that we need to put on the whole armor of God. We know that we need to walk in peace, having our, our feet shod with peace. We know we need to be girded about with this truth, being God's truth and God's word and, and what that stands. We know that we need his, his righteousness upon our breastplate. We need it guarding our heart. We know we need the shield of faith. We need the sword of the spirit. And we need the helmet of salvation. Specifically, what I'm going to get into first of the two that we're going to go over today is the shield of faith. And with it, you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Earlier within podcasts, we had talked about faith bringing forth perfect works. And I decided, you know, with much prayer, you know, that, that we can get into the other aspect of faith. More about this faith. What is this faith? Well, faith is defined as a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. In this instance, it's in God. It's in his power. It's in his word. It's a belief and trust in the loyalty to God. We believe in him. We trust in him. We believe that through God, we're able to do things that we couldn't do before. We believe when we go through things that God will keep us. We have this belief in his word. We have this belief in him. And we have this belief in, in what he's able to do. And we have complete trust. And with these make up the definition of faith. Well, the Hebrew word for faith is immuna. And, and what does that mean, immuna? Well, it is an action-oriented word meaning to support. You know, we have these words, we have this Bible, we have this God. But if it's not supported, or, or if it's not supported by our faith, if there's not some support being our trust and belief, would it not fall apart? We have to believe these things are true. We have to believe that He is true. We have to believe He is God. We have to believe that what He's done is working within us, and what He says is going to then take place so it supports it supports everything and what we do going forward living for god it supports our faith supports and without it you know would would the truth stand because we have to believe that this truth is the truth you know without truth everything will crumble but it's supported by faith we need faith we need to believe in these things as being true in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We hope, we believe, we, 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 we profess these things as being true, even though we don't see them, even though we don't hear them, 
God may in fact show us little things here and there, but at the end of the day, it's not things that are seen, but it's a substance of things hoped for. We believe in God. We believe that what he says is true, and we believe that when he says something that he is going to in fact do it. We believe when we're going through the lowest points in the valley that when we're there, God is there with us. We believe it and we hope and we cherish cherish that and we have faith in that. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, not yet seen. And for Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. For it is impossible to please God without faith. We can't do these acts of, of, of loving him without believing them to be true. We need faith. For we cannot please God without faith. It even says in scripture we have to come to God believing that he is. We have to believe, we have to have faith he is whom he says he is. And he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I'm going to seek you, God, with all this faith that I've got, with everything that I've got. You know, for, for the, you know, those that are listening to this podcast, we need faith. We need to believe in whom he is. We need to believe in every essence of our being, what he's done. And if we lack faith, pray God, help elevate my faith, help, help, help increase my faith. God, I, I, I need you to, to help me, to, to show me, God, these things that I don't yet fully believe. And part of that comes from reading the word, but we're going we're gonna to further get into that. Within scripture, faith is mentioned as needed for prayers to then be answered, for mighty works to be brought forth through Jesus, to move mountains, to move sycamore trees, to, to, to move impossibilities within our lives. We just need a little bit of faith. When the stakes are looking out of our favor, that we put our belief and our trust and our faith in God, that I will make it through on the other side, not by my works, not by just by the things that I say or the things that I think, but in my faith in God. I believe that when things are south, when things aren't working as they should, that God is going to be there, that God is going to provide. And I believe in him and his redemptive power. I believe that if I live according to his word, that I will one day be with him cherishing eternal life in heaven. For 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Once again, it says not by sight. We don't have to see it. We don't have to see it. Miracles are nice. God will show us things. God will show us miracles. But faith doesn't come by sight. For we walk by faith. We walk believing in him without seeing, without hearing. You know, we, we, we need, let me take that back, without seeing. You know, the greatest times where my faith was elevated haven't, haven't been when miracles have taken place. When miracles have taken place, it, it showed my, my lack of faith in instances. 
But what really increases my faith is when I read the word of God and God works on me on a personal, individual basis. And he shows me revelations within his word that these truths that other people know, but that he's given them to me as well that I didn't once know, but I'm able to grab it for myself. My faith is then yet elevated when I pray to God and I feel as if he's there in the room with me. When he presses on me, when he pulls on me, that works and that that works my faith, that increases my faith, not by the things that I see. So these miracles are nice. These miracles are great, but they do not increase my faith. All they do is show my lack of faith. (laughs) When Paul wrote this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 18, you know, he, he, he had based this off the Roman soldiers that carried shields that were covered with heavy animal hide. Before a battle, they would dip their shields into water so that when fiery darts hit them, the wet hide would extinguish the darts. And in a similar way, a Christian shield of faith needs to be regularly dipped in the water of God's word and his spirit to be replenished and fully functional. So we know we have our faith. We know that this faith is our shield. It is our defense when things come at us, when we don't know what to do. We have our faith. We have a shield against the things of this world. You know, but with this shield, with this shield, it needs to be regularly dipped in the water of God's word and his spirit to be replenished and fully functional. When we look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we hear the word of God and that elevates our faith. When our faith is elevated, it becomes our defense. We've got a shield. We need to regularly dip our shield in the word. We need to regularly allow God's spirit to work on the shield, to cover the shield in his word, to be with the shield for the shield is our faith. And without the word, our faith will crumble. So we need to continually dip our faith in the word of God and allow God's spirit to cover the shield. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So Derek, why would you bring that up? You know, what does that have to do with anything of what we're talking about? Well, you see, God moved upon the face of the water. God's spirit was with the water. All throughout scripture, we know even in John and even in Revelation, it talks about this living water dwelling within us. When God was talking to the Samaritan woman, he had told her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And then in verse 13, he says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, being the normal water that was offered unto her before. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst for indeed the water I give them will become and then a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So we've got that eternal water. We've got that water that brings forth eternal life, that water with spirit that brings forth eternal life. When you have water, it's just water. But when you have water and then spirit, it it brings forth living water. What makes it living? The spirit of God brings it to life. 
and it uses it and, and, and the water as an illustration, you know, it, it moves and it goes and it flows. Uh, and a, think of a, a current, it, it's moving, it's flowing. And, and that, that same flowing and living water dwells within you via his spirit. So we see that in Revelation as well. There is something about the water that restores. There's something about the water that fills. There's something about the water that sanctifies. When we are to be born again, it is of water and it is of spirit. With that, there is always a connection between the two. For where there is water, there is always spirit. So we've got this correlation in here between the water and the spirit. And with the, wa- the spirit mixed in with the water, we've got living water. So let God and his spirit and his word saturate your faith. Be magnified through your faith and let them keep you in all that you do. For you need this shield to, prepe- to protect both your armor and yourself. And what does that mean? Well, when you're with your faith, it protects your peace. It protects the truth. It protects the righteousness that is guarding your heart. It protects the salvation that you know. What does that mean that it protects? Well, faith without these things would, would, would they have any, any strength? Would they have any power? No, we need our faith to keep these things. Faith that these things are active. Faith that these things are alive within us. Faith that the armor is of God. And this is God's armor. For when our faith crumbles, everything else will crumble. For we have to believe in God. So let our faith be dipped in with the water of his word and the water of his spirit. For you are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word, says Psalms 119, 114. This is, this is powerful. You know, we, we always think, you know, the shield of faith. We've got the shield of faith that we have belief in God. We believe in God. We believe what he says is true and, and, and what he says is true in our faith and our belief in that stops the enemy. It, it, it protects us. It protects us from the world, the fiery darts. But the thing is, it wasn't necessarily the, the, the shield that extinguished the darts. They blocked the darts, but what extinguished the fire? It was the water. So we need our faith equipped with God's spirit and the word. It needs to be fully furnished and, and dipped within the water. Let our faith be dipped in the living water that will stop any attack from the enemy, that will stop anything from the adversary. When things are looking dark, we can hold our shield and keep our shield strong. And by his spirit and his word, we come through on the other side. In John chapter 6, verse 35, it says, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. When we're hungry, when we're thirsty, God will fill us and keep us, and those that believeth on him shall never 
thirst, to coincide with that. In John chapter 7, verse 30, 38, it says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So we believe on him, we'll never thirst. We believe on him, and out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. There's something about the water. There's something about that living water that dwells within us, God's spirit that operates within us. It keeps our shields strong. With the word of God, it keeps our shields strong. Our faith in God keeps us. However, it is his spirit that gives our faith strength. So we're going to go ahead and uh, jump from that into the sword of the spirit. And one of the coolest things that you're going to see is how they coincide and how they fit together so perfectly within the armor. So if you guys are ready, <laughs> let's, uh, let's tackle it and get into it. For it says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17, we're going to go back to that. And it says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So that same word that elevates our faith, that same word that we dip our faith via his spirit as well, amplifying our faith, that same word is our sword. And with that sword, it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, using the New King James Version Bible, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Remember that living water that brings us to eternal life? Uh, in Revelation and within John, remember that living water that moves within us, that flows like a stream that, that is living because of the Spirit. For we know the Scripture is talking about the Word of God and is being like unto a two-edged or a double-mouthed sword. What do you mean by double-mouthed sword? Well, if you were to go ahead and look at the two-edged sword and you put that into a, a concordance, if you were to go ahead and put that into a... Um, uh, Bible Hub, if you were to go ahead and, and, and look at, a, at a, a Greek or a Hebrew concordance, you would look and that word two-edged sword comes off as double-mouthed, double-mouthed sword, double-mouthed sword. It has power over man and spirit alike. So let, let's kind of reread that again. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any double-mouthed sword. You know, the word of God is powerful. It is God spoken. So what does that mean? You know, I prayed about it, I thought about it, and it makes so much sense. We've got this living water dwelling within us, double mouth. You have a double mouth, um, think of like a, a river, think about flowing water. You know, the word of God is powerful, it is God spoken, and it enters into us. And what do we do with the word and its power and spirit? We speak it, we teach it, we profess it, and we testify, uh, we testify of it. So from the mouth of God flows this river that comes into the word of God. God's spirit saturates the word of God. It is the word of God breath. So, but we have living water flowing into the word of God. We read the word of God 
and 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 we speak the word of God, where this this double this river continues to flow, this double mouthed water flow continues. This living water, we hear it, we speak it, but that same living water and God's Spirit dwelling within us gives life to the spoken word out of the mouth of God and then out of the mouth of man, a double mouthed sword. You know, this word came from the mind and mouth of God, and after reading the word with faith, then spoken out of the mouth of man would be the second mouth, one might say. For it is a two-mouthed sword, there is power in the spoken word of God. You know, let's look at this in another uh, a cool illustration. For when I read a book, just a normal book, and I speak things, there is little to no power in doing so. But the word of God is sharper. The word of God is more powerful so when you were to read that, it says and it, it, it's more, it is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, meaning a double-mouthed sword is out of the mouth of man and out of the mouth of man again. But there's a difference when it's out of the mouth of God than out of the mouth of man. There comes power via his spirit, via the living water that dwells within him and his word and then thus spoken by us. There is power. And when it is spoken in faith, there is limitless power brought forth because we did not say it, but God said it. And when, when God says something, there is action to then back up. Do you not see this, this crazy correlation here? God's living water, God's spirit dwells within us. It dwells within his word. It dwells within our faith. It dwells within our entirety, but it, but it, but it, it, it keeps us, it keeps us with her. You know, John chapter 7, verse 38 says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of his bellies shall flow rivers of living water. God, I need help. God, I'm struggling. Things are coming against me and I don't know what to do. I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm going to speak truth against my adversary. I'm going to speak truth against the things that are coming against me. And guess what? By my faith, by my faith dipped with his spirit in the word of God, I will block off any fiery darts of the enemy that he tries to throw at me. And I'm going to speak the word of God. Let my faith in his spirit guard me and let my, let his spirit and his word keep me and, and let it be my offensive. I rebuke you, Satan. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in this world. Nothing by any means shall harm us. Nothing by any means shall harm us. We have power over scorpions, over snakes, over, over the things of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt us. So you see, the Spirit is what connects all these things together. The Spirit is what keeps us. The Spirit is what quickeneth, quickeneth us. You know, it's the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. It is the, the, the shield of faith that is held together by our faith dipped in his spirit and the word of God. His spirit quenches the fire that comes at us like water. It's not just water. Water mingled in with his spirit is living water. You know, we are connected to God. We have a true relationship with God. 
We have His Spirit dwelling within us. It resonates within us, the Word of God within us. And when we profess truth, like a river of living water, His Spirit flows within us, without us, and His Word resonates with us. And we speak things in faith, and, and there is power not by my will, not by my strength, but by God's power and His strength in the name of Jesus. So the word of the Spirit, the two-edged and double-mouthed sword, there is power. God, let me receive your word. God, let me speak your word. Let the things that I speak not just be mine, but let them be your words inspired and let your spirit bring forth power. Let your spirit bring forth strength for the spoken word is the true offensive weapon. It is backed up by your faith and being made alive by God's Holy Spirit. That's crazy. The spoken word is the true offensive weapon that is backed up by your faith, that is supported by your faith and being made alive by God's Holy Spirit. You know, when we go out to fight the enemy, when we go out to fight the things that come against us, whether it be, you know, spirits of depression, whether it be spirits of um, sexual immorality, whether it be spirits of intellectualism, whatever these spirits that are coming against us, you know, jealousy, hate, these, these things that, that, that come against us, what can we do? By our faith in His Spirit and the Word of God, you know, we will we'll block these things. And by the spoken Word of God, we, we, we speak these things and, 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 and the devil has to listen. The devil has to leave us alone. These spirits have to leave. For we're not speaking under our authority, but we're speaking under the authority that is given unto us via the Word of God and His power and His Spirit. So this has been a pretty cool study. I, I've really, I've really enjoyed it. Even Paul, when he was writing these things in, in prison, you know, when he wrote this um, in, in Ephesians, he had wrote it in prison. He had wrote it in a time of great despair where I guarantee you the enemy was attacking him from every side, every angle, every direction. But what did he do? You know, he had that, that shield of faith. He had that, 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 that the word of God and he was able to come forth. He was able to bring forth these words and these teachings by his faith and by what he knew was true by God. He spoke the word of God. He had faith in the word of God and he had faith that when he was writing these things, they weren't just him writing, but that they were God-inspired and that many would read these things going forward from countless generations onward. He had this faith. He had this faith in the Word of God, and he had God's Spirit dwelling within him. And I pray for anybody listening that, that this resonate within them, that this resonates something to show that we need God's Spirit to help us. We need God's Spirit to strengthen us. But we need to have faith in the Word of God that these things are true. We need to have faith that God is true. We have to have faith in the things to come, that He's able to do all these things that He says He's going to do. 
and realize that we can speak things from the mouth of God out of our or are from out of our own orifices being a mouth we speak it and it's not ours it's God's and the devil has to listen the devil has to respond because God's word says it God words God's word says it to be true so uh, let that encourage you that, that we've got the word of God that we have this faith that we have this belief in God that we've got the this sword that 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 is that 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 we have equipped with us that we have these things and let's pray these things on us you know let's pray on the whole armor of God it's very important i try to do this on a daily basis you know because this is a scary time we're living in there's a lot of uh junk going on there's a lot of 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 uh, the adversary trying to bring forth his agenda there's a lot of darkness there's a lot of attacks and we need to be ready we need to be on guard we need to have our we need to have our sword and our shield ready to fight the good fight and i know we mentioned holy spirit and having this living water dwelling within you and that is by the holy spirit being the holy ghost after receiving the spirit we receive the holy ghost as evidence of speaking in new tongues we are baptized by being baptized in jesus name so i referenced receiving the spirit and 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 being baptized of water of being born again and then that is what we need you can go in prior podcasts we talk about it you can go and listen to the holy ghost podcast that was dedicated for at least an hour and 30 minutes talking on this this topic this this crucial topic with nick cerise and bianca baptiste and it is very important for that is how we are saved is by receiving the water and receiving the spirit you know there there is salvation no other way but by god god made the way for us to to inherit this so we so let's let's grab hold of it so with that you know uh, if you're not going to a church i pray that you be led and inclined to go ahead and find one you know you can go to upci.org and from there type in your zip code and, and pull up a church in your in your area and get in contact with someone from the church maybe even give you a few bible studies before even attending the church you know just reach out to someone that can lead you and to help instruct you um in learning the word of god and learning how to how to how to be any questions that you may have you know go ahead and do it and uh, yeah this has been another episode of apostolic truth today uh, have a good one <laughs>